0: Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects, and they have been since 1972. They have the highest quality of products, from custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and hoses. And guess what? Snow is coming. We've already had a bit of it. We always get a ton more through February, March, and April. And the Denver Rubber Company has you covered when it comes to anything snow plows. They can cut to size and pre-slot most snow plow rubber. And the blades can be cut to any length and slotted for mounting to meet your exact specifications. They make a bunch of awesome stuff as well, including... Things that go inside of bulletproof vests to help stop bullets. They are loyal only to the people just like us here at DNBR, and you can purchase products for yourself and, of course, buy bulk at a fantastic rate. Be sure to check them out today for your snowplow needs. You can reach them at 1 800 259 0010 or visit them at slash dnvr. And Cole gets another good righty and another ride right by Cole, a left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rantanen.
1: He suits
0: and scars Nathan McKinnon. Col J.T. Comfort. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. Hmm. Welcome into the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They have over 1,000 varieties of beer as well as wines from around the world for you to try. And for the next couple of days, they are still offering you 10% off when you use promo code FIRST10 on their app today. You can get 10% off $25 or more through the end of January. Last couple days, get on it while you still can. Let's get into this show now. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's AJ Hayfley. We answered a lot of your questions the other day, but we also got a few more questions on thednvr.com that are probably going to take a bit lengthier to answer. So we wanted to save those a little bit and kind of make its own show about it. Specifically, the first one we're going to be answering comes from Nix907, and he asks... What do you think team North America would look like if they made one right now, this referring to team, the young guns of North America from the last world cup of hockey. Is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. Uh, um, We did make one clarification here. We did 23 and under for this team, not under 23, mostly because the 23 and under team might actually be the best team in that whole tournament based on what they have available here. So, AJ, let's jump into it. I mean, obviously, there are a couple of very, very easy locks to put on this team. Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, and even I think Austin Matthews. Those three are written in pen pretty much.
1: Uh, I had uh, my first line was uh, Kyle Connor, Connor McDavid, and Mitch Marner. Sure, that's you're getting
0: wingers in there as well. Perfectly yeah. comfortable with that.
1: Yeah. And then my second line was Matt Kachuk, Austin Matthews, and then
0: I moved Jack Eichel to the wing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as you'll see, as we get a little bit deeper into this, this team has like eight centers. So <laughs> a couple of them had to, had to get moved to the wing because turns out in hockey, when you're the most talented player, you usually play center. <laughs> yeah. You play in the middle of the ice. So, couple guys had to get moved around totally comfortable with uh, McDavid Marner Connor getting Matthews Eichel and Kachuk is a little bit interesting. There was a little bit of grittiness to that line, I guess a little, you, you would rather have Matthews and Eichel together than putting Besser on that line or something like that. Uh, I didn't even have Besser on my team. Really? Yep.
1: Wow. And okay. that's, one hundred percent
0: because of the center depth. Definitely fair. I mean, you end up having to put a ton of guys. I'm, I'm sure we'll get into coming down the center list. Probably made your team. I know made mine. Braden Point, Travis Connectney, Matthew Barzell. That's my third line. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Three more centers. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: I put Connectney <laughs> on the left and Barzell on the right. Um, we saw, I saw Barzell uh, when he played, uh, a little bit with Tavares, uh, can succeed on the right. And, uh, because of points, really, really strong defensive game as well. I wanted him down the middle specifically
0: that I agree with point actually at center there and I'm comfortable with, with Barzell on the right and. Uh, connect me on the left. That when it gets to those super teams, we see that those kind of moves all the time. You just ask the guy which side they're comfortable on, and they make it work, basically. Definitely. Um. So, not too many wingers, or at least natural wingers, on this team. How did you round out the fourth line? Then did Dubois make it, or somebody like that?
1: Yeah, I had Dylan Larkin on the left, and then I moved Dubois into the middle again because I like the two way play. Yeah, and then instead of Besser, I put Dubrincat.
0: Okay. Yeah, that,
1: that's pretty fair.
0: The goal scorer type, to say the
1: least. Yeah, and like they're they're kind of the same dude, um, the same archetype of guy, Besser and cat um, Right. I just preferred cat for the situation.
0: I'm not going to argue with you on that one. And, it's basically a coin flip, <laughs> and that's that's the fourth line of this NA team. So, yeah. kind of. A little bit insane. Uh, who was your uh, your scratch then? Jack Hughes. Okay. I mean, eh, I think I'd probably put Besser as a scratch over Hughes, to be honest. But you could can,
1: can easily talk me into that. I um, had I, I I wanted the extra defenseman, so I went with eight D instead of the other forward. Two forwards, yeah. Uh, but had I had the extra forward, it would have been Besser.
0: No, well, there you go. I'm pretty comfortable with that. Snubbed Nick Suzuki, Nick Suzuki, and Robert Thomas. To Thomas get I, on there, but I
1: strongly consider Thomas. I did not consider Nick Suzuki.
0: Fair. I would have. I would have considered Kirby Doc over Nick Suzuki. Well, ugh, no. So Kirby Doc wasn't getting anywhere near this team for me. Yeah. Not to say he's not a very solid player, but just doesn't quite have the production. I don't think so far. Yeah, I mean, I guess, also,
1: when does this game get played would be a good question. That's true as well.
0: <clears throat> Excuse but. me. Yeah, if it's, like, tomorrow versus yeah. the end of the season or whatever, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I was I was kind of projecting, like, just in my mind, I was thinking about it being played in September. Yeah. And assuming these guys are all still eligible, of course, because...
0: You know, I wasn't looking up up
1: nine birthdays just to make sure that this fake roster fit the rules. (laughs) Sorry, he's 24 on September 2nd. You can't have (laughs) exactly. I was not messing with that. I was like, no. Mm -mm. Happy to do this, like happy to to put together a roster and see what it looks like. It's all for fun. But I was not going that deep.
0: Well. Sometimes what helps putting a roster together is some Breckenridge Brewery, Nice. the official beer of DNVR. They have their brand new Mile High City beer, which if you are listening to this early enough on Thursday, there is a watch party with the Nuggets guys coming up tonight. Where that beer will be out there, you'll be able to get it and try it for yourself. Highly recommend you get out, enjoy the party, have some of that Mile High City Breck beer. Beer, Or if you can't make it to that, you can find Breckenridge Brewery and their normal beers at your local liquor store. Highly recommend that you check that out as well. If you haven't already, it looks like they're even starting to get the strawberry sky in across the, the country. I've heard people found it in Arizona and Omaha. So yes. if you haven't had the chance to try it yet. Get the strawberry sky as AJ drools over it a little bit. Moving on to the defenseman. Things get a lot tighter on the defense with only six starting spots open. The first two are uh, the ones everyone knows is coming right now, right here. (laughs) Kale McCarr and the man who has to be mentioned when you say Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes. Yeah, I have them as the top pairing, if only
1: because that would be
0: insanity. Insanely
1: fun to watch. No kidding. I'm I'm not worried about defending clearly. <laughs> you you're going forward with that D pair. That's for sure. sure. I mean put them on the ice with Kyle Connor, Connor McDavid and Mitch Marner. That the
0: Yeah, I think that might break the space-time continuum like, or something.
1: <laughs> the, honestly, like the rink just isn't big enough. There's only one puck. <laughs> just a bunch of blurs skating around the ice. Straight up, man. Like it's just uh,
0: now, I'm a little sad that this is a fake roster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sure would be fun. I'll, I'll put it that way. I think the idea of that this whole team in general at the first World Cup was very smart from the NHL yeah. to put it, it that's, together. That's what everybody
1: remembers. Right. Nobody cares who won. Nobody cares that, like, Team Europe made this weird run to the final. Everybody remembers watching team N.A. and just being like, oh, my God, the future is so
0: fast. <laughs> this is what hockey is supposed to look like. Yep. Oh,
1: memories, man.
0: So you have the young guns pair of McCarr and Hughes. And then at least for me, I had kind of it's weird to call a team with a bunch of 23 and unders a veterans pair. But when the pair is zacharensky and Aaron Eckblad. Uh, yep it that's about as veteran-y as this team can get for for a pair of defensemen, so yeah, and
1: honestly, like there's a temptation to mix them, yeah, sure, um, but I really wanted Hughes and McCarr together just because
0: yes, please, well, I mean it's it, like any team, if you put Hughes and McCar out there, and for whatever reason it just doesn't work. <laughs> Well, Here's an Ekblad to stabilize right. you.
1: <laughs> like, I guess I guess we gotta switch it up with another top pick.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> so, I I think those two pairs are are pretty straightforward. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's the third pair where things could get a little bit interesting. Um, um, I had Thomas Chabot and Charlie McAvoy. Okay, I I did the Homer thing. I took Chabot and Gerard. Mm. I wanted a little bit more. Um,
1: I I wanted some some defense and I wanted just a touch of size. I mean, I think Jabat has enough size. I the yeah. defense, yeah, a little bit. I can see that. But and I also uh, the the two extra defensemen. I mean, I kind of went homework. I put Sam Gerard on my team too. Yeah, but I had uh, him and Jacob Chikrin as guys that could rotate in. No love for Adam Fox. I, um, I'm, what's Adam Fox do on this team that we need? He's not playing I on, mean, a, he's not playing on the either any of the power play units and he's not a good enough defender to play on a PK unit. So Adam Fox makes no sense for me.
0: As an extra D I, I don't mind him. I, it's a pretty easy fill in type situation, but I'd be perfectly fine with Chikrin as well. So I wanted to, I wanted an actual defender and that was where I, uh, I also just don't like Adam Fox. I never have. Ah, Fair enough I mean At least you didn't put Carlo on the team I can live with that
1: No and I resisted the temptation to put John Marino on there Um, As as good as his uh, First Half season in the NHL has been Yeah uh, uh, Like there's a a reason I can buy the Hughes-McCarr hype Right like These guys have been dominating everywhere they've been Their entire lives uh, not the case with John Marino, so uh, I want to see a little bit more before I before I go all in on that one. But uh, I guess it says something that I at least considered him right, like compliment to well, him that I'm sure that will mean a lot to him today when he <laughs> listens
0: to the show, as he always does, of course, Avid from listener. Pittsburgh. Yep, I mean he's also 22 <laughs> as his first year in the NHL. I, it does make a little bit of a difference there, I think, especially when you're looking at guys like Ekblad and, and Wierenski who have been in the league, Ekblad, since he was 18. So not quite as much experience there for his age as well.
1: Yeah. Um, just not... Um, not... I I don't want too many,
0: like, I don't want it to be too green on the back end. Sure, need a little bit of that. What you can call veteran, as far as
1: twenty-three-year-olds go, <laughs> right? And like some of these guys, like Sam gerard has got multiple years, right? J- exactly. Jacob Pickering has been in the NHL for like four years now. Yep. You know, Charlie McAvoy, the same thing. Like Kill McCar has been through a playoff run. <laughs> which is kind of crazy to think about. Right. Like Aaron, Aaron
0: Eckblad's on this team and he's been in the league for like six years. <laughs> yeah. So. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Turns out 23 ain't as young as it used to be.
1: Dude, I mean, you can make a legit team out of 23 year olds now because it's just like, Oh yeah. <laughs> These guys are all
0: good. All right. Let's move to the last
1: the easiest position to do because there's only two options.
0: Correct. Goaltender. And there really are. I mean, so the conversation here was, do you YOLO and take Spencer Knight as the backup? Pretty clearly Carter Hart's the starter on this team. Uh, Yeah. I mean, Carter Hart's really the only realistic option. And
1: then I guess McKenzie Blackwood is... As much as you may like Spencer Knight, like, if you Blackwood wanted to has, carry a third goaltender,
0: sure. Right, Blackwood has well over 100 NHL games. Yeah.
1: So, like, there's an element of been there, done that with him. Right.
0: So, as far as, right, trying to build a team that's trying to win, you pretty much have to take Blackwood as the backup there, I would think. If you're trying to showcase young talent, then you could have the conversation about Spencer Knight, maybe.
1: Yeah, well, and like, realistically, how much are any of these guys going to play? Uh, Yeah, sure. You're going to get like, you're going to play three games in the round robin. Like, I'm not, personally, I'm not playing Mackenzie Blackwood in any
0: of them. (laughs) Unless they're back to back to back or something.
1: Yeah, right, right. Like, unless there's a scheduling absurdity, totally yeah yeah so i'm i mean that one that one was easy it was kind of like not not quite the uh same caliber of crop that uh existed in the last go round of this tournament uh when they had john gibson where it was just like no oh, yeah, he's pretty good.
0: good you're actually okay with this <laughs> I mean, uh, to be fair, the the offensive and defensive talent might make up for it, though. So, I mean the the forwards, man.
1: Honestly, the the forward core is just still so nasty. Yeah. That that McDavid, Matthews, and Eichel are
0: all on this team. I mean, is just guys- like okay. Guys like Clayton Keller, we were not even considering putting on the team is how good this is.
1: Right. Like he was not. Uh, yeah, no, I was going to put Robert Thomas on there over him. like Right. And I went with the big upside play in Jack Hughes where it was like, uh, I, want, I want my team to be fast and yeah. to play fast. And, you know, if I'm slotting in an extra center. That's my guy. I mean, to potentially because like I could I could take Dubois out, which I really don't want to do, but could. And th- I could theoretically put together a line of Larkin, Hughes, and Barzell. And it's just
0: That's like your fastest skater competition. Pretty much. Yeah. And then you drop Connor McDavid out for the next shift. Right. I mean, I could you
1: could put. Matthews on the left side with McDavid in the middle and Eichel on the right.
0: That's just silly. That's Leg- dumb. You could do that. Let's so you give McDavid's a first overall pick. Eckblad's a first overall pick. Hughes would be a first overall pick. So that's at least three firsts. Kachuk was sixth.
1: Kachuk was sixth. Marner was fourth. Yeah, Marner was fourth. Uh, Matthews Dubois was third. Eichel was second.
0: Yeah, Eichel was second. I forgot Eichel. <laughs> so nearly, like, you're and, talking about a team of top 10 picks, basically. I well, guess Barzell I mean, was 16th.
1: But. Yeah, I mean, Connor, Barzell, Konechny, Larkin, all first-rounders. The only non-first-rounder that I have on my team is Debrin And <laughs> yeah. if i replaced him with Besser, it would be an entire team of first-rounders. So...
0: <laughs> what did we learn kids don't mess up your first round pick keep your first round pick right San Jose <laughs> all right well that was such an evil like devious laugh little like, like, like you're, laugh yeah
1: you're absolutely enjoying their misery I mean
0: a little bit I, I enjoyed
1: I, it a little bit after game seven you know yeah I'm dude I'm 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 with you. You know, you you know the sharks have been good basically their entire existence.
0: At the beginning, were they?
1: Yeah, they did not. It it was like it was like a couple of years of your typical expansion, Yeah, yeah. And then it was like, all right, we're good for 25 years, and like they'll randomly miss the playoffs once here or there, but otherwise, always in it.
0: That's. I don't know. I guess that makes some sense, given that they've had a lot of their players for an eternity now that they've lost Pavelski, but they had Marlow as well forever and Thornton forever. So their core had remained intact for over a decade, really.
1: They've missed the playoffs six times in their history, and four of those were in their first six years.
0: Lots of playoffs, no cups.
1: Yeah, which they're the example, right? Of we feel like the ABS are on their way to something special, something big, but you you're not given anything in this league, right? It could very well end up with a decade of second round exits. Like you feel like, you know, we we feel like the ABS are on their way to a Chicago, Pittsburgh, Washington kind of run, where yep. you know they're they're cup contenders for an extended period of time
0: you could just as easily be San
1: outside.
0: It's razor thin, the margins in this league. But if you're not as high on Team NA as we are, nice. Mile High Green Cross can get you there. And these guys have an experience that you won't forget. Mile High Green Cross has award-winning products. You can head down to their store and sign up for their loyalty program. When you do, you'll get 20% off your entire purchase once Every single month. And they are even hooking up people that are already in their loyalty program. All you have to do is mention DNBR to get that 20% off your entire purchase. So you're all set there. They have pretty much everything you could need from $99 pre pack ounces to V3 oil bulk deals, $5 for $100, bucks, or five cartridges rather, for $100 bucks there. Mount High Green Cross has out the door pricing. If you don't have cash, no big deal. They accept hype as well and they're extremely quick and professional. They can get you in and out in just a handful of minutes. They have their convenient location at 9th and Broadway as well, so you can swing by anytime, get what you need and go about your day. Once again, sign up for their loyalty program to get 20% off once a month. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine and Spirits. I'm Rudo. He is AJ. We talked about Team N.A. One of the players we did not put on Team N.A. despite potentially qualifying for it was Tyson Jost. And we got a question from David, who asks, with Colorado's up-and-coming cap crunch in the next few years, extensions for Landy, McCarr, Grubauer, potentially more, is Jost's slow development slash lowered ceiling really that bad? As a serviceable bottom six player and getting paid like it, it doesn't seem terrible, no matter what Sackick ultimately decides to do with him.
1: Um, I think this is actually a really good point. Um, it's not what you wanted when he was drafted, okay? Um, like, let's let's not act like this was like part of a master plan. But, yeah, I think that in you're in the situation where you're making the best of what is with Tyson Jost at this point. You're not talking about him in your top six. You're not talking about him as a 50-point player or a 20-goal scorer or anything like that right now. You're talking about him as a serviceable bottom six player. And as a 21-year-old uh, who will be coming off of his ELC this year and probably puts up another 20-ish point season, 20-25 points this year, somewhere in that range. This is a guy that should not cost more than his qualifying offer. Really? You think it'll be that cheap for
0: a year? Like what, I, would, you, what yeah. would you what would you what would you sign Tyson Jones to right now? I mean, I think if you're actually keeping him around, you're probably looking at like 1.2 or something like that, but I mean, If you're Tyson Jost,
1: do you take anything longer than a year, and you just continue to bank on yourself improving?
0: Uh, I mean i I don't think it really. There's no reason for Tyson Jost to take more than a year, right? Mm -hmm. Because even if he does take a year and he doesn't improve, he's still going to get the same contract after that. So, yeah, I just
1: don't. Um, I I just don't see where, you know he's getting significantly more like the realistically, like 1.2, $900,000. I don't care either way. Sure. Right. It's not, <laughs> you know, be significant. Like it's, yeah. it's whatever, whatever they end up settling on is going to be very cheap and it'll be fine. Like it's.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there are, some other factors that play into this as well. And, and we've talked about how there's definitely still a a very real possibility that he breaks out and becomes a 40 point player at some point. The fact that he hasn't done that yet, not only is it cheap, it makes him a lot less likely to get taken in the expansion draft as well. Uh, Maybe. I mean, I think definitely. Unless he's playing, the, unless there's a world where he's playing so well that the Avs are protecting him, obviously. But
1: I mean, do you do you remember like Vegas is kind of the model to follow? Sure. And you remember they loaded up on like solid bottom six
0: guys. That's mostly fair. I don't think they targeted young assets quite as much, though. Not. As much, but
1: I mean, if Tyson Jones is exposed right now, he would be, I think. I would be really hard pressed to replace anyone with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're talking about next year. So he turns 22 at the end of this season. So next year he'll be 23. Just turned 23 uh, with four years of experience in the NHL. Yeah. Probably pretty significant playoff experience, too. Um, and most of that in a bottom six role, man. I mean, I'm I, he would he would be as intriguing as whichever defenseman ends up being kind of the odd right. man out. i
0: I guess that was the conversation I was going to get to is is that version of Tyson Jost more interesting to Seattle than? Ryan Graves or whoever
1: well and 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 no offense to Graves but I just think that with Jost you're talking about a unique combination of uh age and experience and they could give him the kind of opportunity that Colorado just can't anymore to see if he does break out like if his if his process stays the way that it is right now which is the best it's ever been in his career uh and I mean even if it's if if it gets even better Dude, I'm sorry, but I just, I struggle to believe that it's, there won't be some sort of leap in point production. Maybe that's 25 points to 35 points, so it's not like a huge leap. But I struggle to believe that if the process stays as solid as it is right now overall, that he's not going to be able to produce at
0: some point. So... What's best case scenario here for Joe's with the abs. Does he finish this year strong, have a breakout year next year, and then either move into a consistent spot with the abs or the abs can get value on him in some way. I,
1: I don't, I really don't know what to do with them. I'm I've continuously been at a loss with what they should do with him and his situation. I really don't know that there's like a best case scenario that, I see. You know, like best case scenario is his process, the the finish, the the results, the production starts to match his process, and he up and turns into a fifty point guy. He gives you he gives you twenty thirty every year, or even just twenty twenty every year, and sure. that'd be great. <laughs> you know, like that's you'll take that.
0: What is there room for him on the avs if he becomes that guy? I guess is the the question I'm asking here. I
1: I there's all yeah, definitely. That's exactly what they should be trading for at the deadline is that exact thing. Uh, but I just don't uh, I don't know that the avs can afford to continue to give him time to sure. become that guy. He needs he needs extended top 6 opportunity. The avs are trying to win games and this is where their shift in attitude specifically is going to hurt him because his development on it. It's just taken longer. Yep. And that's just the reality of it. If he was showing nothing as an NHL player, then it would be easier for me to say, just move, move on. But I can't shake the feeling that they're going to do that. And it's going to look bad and down the road. Well, and and we'll know we'll know the context of it wasn't going to happen here because they couldn't give him that time anymore. But yeah. it's it's man, they're in a they're in a, just a bad spot with Tyson Jost. Everywhere so, you every way you look at it, it's just a bad spot.
0: Well. I mean, the context is important. If it does end up happening that he gets moved, people can look back on this podcast and say, look, if the abs options were move him, give him opportunity elsewhere and get something back for him, as opposed to potentially losing losing him in the expansion draft, relative, that's a win because they got anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, if they if they move him, if he's the guy they take in the expansion draft and their defense gets to stay together, like... There are positives in every way that you can look at it, right? Like they they move him in a big deal, they get a top six forward, they go on to win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> you're not worried only, about it then. If only it were that easy. Like it could be, man. Like it could be. We just don't we don't know how the story ends. And yeah. that's that's the fear, is that you're gonna do something premature and it's gonna blow up in your face.
0: Well, don't trade him to the Central, then.
1: Definitely don't do that. Uh, I don't know where he would go in the Central. That would make sense. I guess Minnesota. Yeah, if you're trying to get, like,
0: Zucker or somebody out of there. Yeah. Go and get Jason Zucker and Matt Dumba. I mean, it might be worth it if you're getting Dumba on the comeback. <laughs> or,
1: you know, Jonas Brodin, Like solid, steady, boring defender, but he's, but he's young and signed. Yeah.
0: So anyway, just like everything else, context, context is very important. This will not be the, the last time like we have the Tyson Joe's conversation. No, I, I'm sure, you know, come our, our trade deadline pod next week, we will <laughs> be having it again.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the Joe's situation persists. Yep. It's just, the one unique piece on their roster where how does he fit as a player? How does he fit as a trade piece? Like it's all.
0: It's a lot of different. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. A lot of jagged edges. So. Over time, I'm sure everything will reveal itself. But for now, there's still a lot of question marks surrounding Tyson Jost and the future of the Avs, not only bottom six, but top six as well with that trade deadline approaching. So keep it tuned into DMDVR for that. I'm sure we will have plenty of episodes over the next couple of weeks covering it. For now, we need to wrap up this second period. And AJ, if the abs do acquire a significant piece at the deadline, what would it be?
1: Game-changing.
0: It would be game-changing. So now it's time to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their CBD coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, help decrease anxiety, you name it. And the CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully, and don't trade your first-round picks. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code DNVR20 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's with Ruto and AJ here. The Avs finally got back on the ice for a practice today after a very long hiatus, unless your name is Nathan McKinnon, who played at the All-Star Game and naturally was not at practice because of that. But for everyone else, they suited up, got back on the practice rink, and the first thing everyone noticed was they were now wearing blue pants and blue gloves. And then the gloves also had a little weird white stripe on them as well the assumption here is that these are the pants and gloves for the stadium series Jersey. And if you're asking me, they're just as ugly as the Jersey. So it it fits in appropriately, I guess. Agreed. Well, well, well said, sir. (laughs) So it might be a, a, an ugly sight to see at the stadium series. That's, that's all I have to say about it. Really? (laughs) We got, uh, we got our first email today about the schedule
1: of events. That Uh we get to go to as media. And all it was was parking instructions. And I was like, so at some point, do we actually, like, do something? Is
0: there media availability? (laughs)
1: Like, what's the point here? Uh, There didn't seem to be much of one. So we're still waiting on stuff that we can actually
0: do have to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure it'll come soon enough. I hope so at least. I mean there's there's some things on here. There's media access and whatnot. They gave us some times. I don't know what it's actually will be for. But right. who knows? We'll Not get to f-
1: much of anything.
0: They'll finally force McKinnon into the jersey and have people take pictures of him probably. Uh the poor man. As far as actual hockey related things go, uh, the major one is Jonas Donskoy is back on the ice and practicing. Uh, so that's good news. I haven't seen any. I'm pretty sure that he is 100 percent at this point. He's in a full contact jersey, all that. So that's good news that the break seemed to come at a good time for him, can help in probably in the Avs top six again, which is that I suppose it's a good thing, right? Let's get into this conversation because as hot as Val Nachushkin was for about a month there, he has cooled off quite a bit. Um. Yeah,
1: I'm afraid to say anything
0: about him anymore because, <laughs> you know, he's just going to go off again. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because you never know when it's just going to be Splashtown USA with that guy. And, you know, he goes off. Because October, 1 point in 8 games. November, 4 points in 14 games. December, 9 points in 14 games. And then January, 3 points in 8 games. So, pretty consistently a bottom 6 guy, except for... December <laughs> that and, and even in December, it was like a seven game stretch, eight game stretch where it was just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And they badly needed that.
0: Right. And that's not to take away anything from Val. He absolutely has earned his spot in the NHL 100% and continues to be effective for the abs. But definitely you're looking at him playing so well and the abs steadily moved him up the lineup. I mean, he played 18 minutes against St. Louis on the 18th and he's you can start to see where his limits are now a little bit i
1: think yeah and to to continue looking at his splits uh in january those eight games he averaged 15 and a half minutes yep that's too much
0: yep it's just on the high side and and obviously someone had to fill that role with don's out with concussion but and there's very, very hard for the abs to replace that spot. I know we've talked about this before. I don't know if it was on the pod or not, but Don Skoy is already someone that the abs are talking about as a borderline top six player. And then trying to replace him with someone of less talent than that, it just creates a hole in the lineup. It does. And as much as like the abs did a great job
1: of finding guys to fill jobs, <clears throat> excuse me, over the summer, it's, it's obvious where the ceilings are on all these guys are now, you know, yep. we've, we've seen that's like a bunch of these guys are on pace for career years and that's 100%. great, but at the same time, it's, it is, how do I don't want to word this? Um, you've got to get more talent. You've got to get more like higher end talent. They've yep. done a great job. You look at their bottom six uh, and you compare it to, I guess you even just look at their bottom nine, compare it to two years ago. They've done a great job of adding real talent, big time role players uh, that that fit very nicely into the jobs. Like there are people out there who think Matt Nieto sucks because Matt Nieto has become like legitimately like the team's like 10th or 11th forward.
0: And fills that role. Very, very well.
1: Right, and he's like really good at at the job that he's being asked to do, and the people who think he sucks are just like wrong. And it's 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 just a a lack of appreciation for bottom six players. Like you're you're not. You need to have guys who can give you strong defensive minutes, but also give you twenty five to thirty points.
0: And. I mean on the other side of the coin, you also need that guy in your top 6 who can give you 50. Right. You can't have top 6
1: guys who are giving you 30 points. Right. Like that's yeah, the, you know, and like nichuchkin has been a revelation. Uh we've talked about it, but he's he's on he, he's on pace for like a 31 point year right now. And that's significantly more than we thought that they were going to get out of him. And that's great. But that's real yeah, that's also real. Like that's a bottom 6 player for you.
0: One hundred percent. It's the um, I guess the pedigree just doesn't matter anymore. Much like the same situation with Tyson Jost, it does not matter that he was drafted tenth overall. Right, Natchushkin is twenty four. He's not also drafted tenth overall. Also drafted tenth overall, and this is who Val Natchushkin is, yeah. day in day out. He's not going to suddenly become a, a thirty goal scorer or something. Definitely. And
1: there's value in in value. Nice. <laughs> in in the nuke, but this is also like you're trying to get better, trying to win a cup. Uh if if he can go back to the more of the 13 minute range where he was in December instead of the 15 minute range, uh, I think Colorado will be better for it because you always want guys to be in the roles in which they are maximized without overextending them and they lose their effectiveness because that's how, that's how you get to the point of depreciating returns. Yep. And you, we saw Nachushkin, we saw it coming. Like, he was playing well in November. And then, you know, and he was averaging a little over 14 minutes. And then it dropped down into December as the team got healthier. Uh, and that drops down to 13 and a half minutes. And that's, I think that's probably the 13, 14 minute range is probably better. We really don't want to be seeing that 15, 16 minute range for him. Yep. Um, who he bumps down, I think is the other question because Kamenev has shown some things, but Joe's has shown some things. Jost has also shown some things with 160-some-odd NHL games played. Kamenev has got,
0: like, 40. What do you do there? Yeah. I, there's – when it comes to roster management in the bottom six, a lot of the time you do have to make some tough decisions. It's it's just the reality of the situation. Um As much as I'd like to see Kamenev continue to get opportunity, I just don't think he's done enough. I would agree. So, and that's kind of the situation no one should be surprised by as the way the abs went into the season is it felt like Kamenev was kind of stuck on the outside with this team.
1: Yeah. And I mean, like if you look at it, I mean, Kamenev got a little bit of opportunity, but uh, 2.2 assists in six games played. Yep, and I think they both came
0: off of one face off I mean, yeah, one of them was he barely even touched the puck. I think so. <clears throat> so, and for <clears throat>
1: golly, there's a frog in my throat. You know, for for all the frustration, you know, Tyson Jost had the same thing. He had two points in in
0: January. So it it is what it is right now. The Avs have to find room for some of these guys, but they're not going to be able to find room for all of them. And Donskoy coming back is one thing. It becomes an even bigger question if they do go out at the deadline and get a top six forward. It's going to get tight very quickly. Uh, So it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Other news from the day, Nikita Zadorov finally has the bubble off of his face. So... If he goes out and takes two penalties immediately, yeah. they should
1: put it back on Just him.
0: Put it right back on. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was even—he's quoted as saying he could not play as aggressive with the bubble on. So, yeah. hopefully, he learned something from that. But I think there were some good things to that too. Yeah, absolutely. He also keeps players from punching him in the face. So it does keep him from to- fighting. That's and well, and that's he talks
1: about not being able to play as aggressively. Like that's where it stands out. Right. Yeah. Like that's code for, I can't blow a fool up and then have him jump me. And then me say, I can't fight
0: because I've got a bubble on. (laughs) So, you know, maybe uh, it certainly has seemed to help him stay out of the penalty box as well with very few penalties. Since he took that uh that shot to the face, so i hopefully he he keeps playing the same way without it on that's uh that's all I'm gonna say about it uh because big Z could definitely beat me to death if he wanted to <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I guess that's one way to look at life yes <laughs> good point I mean, my friend he's got eight inches on me and probably about 100 pounds, eh, maybe not quite 100 pounds, but a good like 60 pounds. So it
1: depends. Are we going off how much he actually weighs
0: or how much NHL.com says he <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was going off actual weight because, yeah, well, you know, the quote. Uh, <laughs> I that's all I got, AJ. Unless you have some final thoughts on the to
1: getting back on the ice here, I should have been our nominee for quote of the year for the Goaties. Was that this year or was it 2018? Well, it wouldn't have mattered. Nobody would have been able to tell the difference. <laughs> Fair enough. It's the fun part of being on the hockey beat, man. We just tell them things and they believe us. That's true. Nobody knows anything about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. That's why, like, one of the first episodes of TDSB, somebody was like, who knows all the sports the best? And they were like, well, the guy who knows hockey has a huge <laughs> advantage. So that guy. Nice.
0: All right, that was fun last night. The the goatee, yeah, like the super everyone in the room. It's always a good time. Yeah, if you watched, if you sat through all of those, we love you. If you didn't, we still love you, but you should definitely at least uh, take a peek at them. Especially like the last handful; those were the best ones. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely the once everybody started the the everybody got like two or three beers in. It got a little rowdy. Yeah. And then bad voting started happening. (laughs) People were angry. Just saying, just saying.
0: All right. Well, we can go ahead and wrap up our show there. As AJ said, highly recommend you check out the goaties video. If you have time, it was great. Uh, Yeah, the abs are back on the ice, so that's good news. First game won't be till the weekend, but we will be back tomorrow, be it trade deadline talk or anything else abs-related. So thank you for listening, and we will talk to you then. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and
1: because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years, Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician, where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs.